Welcome to the Life Well Lived podcast. I'm Kayla Brandon, a holistic health coach and wellness enthusiast. I am absolutely obsessed with learning about people who live their most authentic lives. In this podcast, you'll hear stories about those who truly live a life well lived and what they do mentally, spiritually, and physically to get there. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump into your daily dose of practical advice on pursuing a life with purpose and passion. This week, I interviewed Danielle Bredemus, a dear friend and a woman on a mission to share her story of loss, hope, and healing in the name of her sweet son, Bentley. Just a trigger warning for anyone listening today. We do discuss miscarriage, losing a child, and more sensitive topics. If you're struggling with any of these two, please know it's okay to skip this episode. Come back next week. We also dive into lighter topics, including what Danielle is doing from a spiritual, mental, and physical perspective to continue living and honoring Bentley's life, despite this unthinkable tragedy. I hope you say a quick prayer for Danielle and her family. This episode is incredibly moving, and I'm astonished at her strength. Without further ado, let's get into it. Danielle, welcome to the show. Well, thank you again so much for being here. I'm excited to have you on because I've known you for so long. I care about you. You're a good friend of mine, and I'm obviously best friends with your sister. But more importantly, I think you have a really important story to share, and I want the audience to to hear your story and your son's story. So before we get into that, if anyone is unfamiliar about you, your story, what you do. Can you just give us a high-level overview of, of who you are and, and what you're doing? I am born and raised in Michigan, and I live in the suburbs of Chicago, Illinois with my amazing husband, Rob. We actually met 10 years ago, St. Patrick's Day, so that's coming up, which is exciting. Um, I have been married to Rob for seven years. We lived in the city for five years, and after all that hustle and bustle, we're like, we want more bang for a buck, so we moved to the suburbs. I am in elementary education, so I taught first grade and fourth grade, six years combined. I'm on my fourth year of being an assistant principal and couldn't love it more. The kids and the staff are amazing, and I love seeing the progressive changes in education. As of recent, I became a beach body, now body, health coach, so I think that's been really fun to kind of fill my time, get a new hobby, meet a community of really strong and supportive women. I love reading, hiking, going outdoors. If you guys know the card game Skippo, that entertains Rob and I at nighttime. I love listening to podcasts, working out. I'm new into meditation. I cook super simple meals, so I'm all about, you know, trying new things. And the main reason why I'm here today is because I am a mom to my beautiful baby boy and Angel Bentley. Well, thank you so much for such a great overview of where you've been. And it's kind of crazy to think you've been in Chicago now or the suburbs of Chicago-ish for 10 years. It feels like yesterday when you moved there. Um, but so much has happened in that decade and so much transformation, growth, both spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, all those things. Um, and you mentioned your son, Bentley, your angel, um, at the end there. And I really want to start there, if that's okay. Um, you absolutely have a, a very important story to share and I want you to share it in your own words about healing loss and hope and and really what that means to you so if if it's all right I would love to share Bentley's story with the audience today absolutely um 
Thank you. So I'm going to take a few deep breaths during this. And, you know, I want to do him justice as best as I can. Um, And the main reason why I wanted to be on here today is to know that moms and dads are not alone in their journey of loss. Um, So the first part of the story, I've been kind of like writing down my, you know, journey and stuff like that is what I like to call the joy before the storm, you know, finding out we were pregnant with our first child, Bentley, last January. We were ecstatic and over the moon. Um, We're in our mid to now almost late 30s, right? So we've been trying for a while to grow our family. And in that January moment, it was just pure excitement of, you know, let's get ready, start the baby room and all this stuff um, throughout our journey. Um, We found out that there might have been complications with our pregnancy pretty early on with our, um, with my first blood test, I had high percentage chance of Bentley having Down syndrome. So from there, we did um, that second blood test, I think it's called quad testing and found out that it, you know, was confirmed that it, it was even a higher percentage ch- chance of him having Down syndrome. I think I was somewhere between in like the 80% range. To where we had to start going to specialist doctors, extra ultrasounds. We had to go to a heart specialist. And throughout this journey, we're like, oh my gosh, you know, why do we have to do all this extra stuff? You know, we're going to love him no matter what. And, you know, we learned through the process that more the better, right? If we can have a healthy pregnancy and delivery and whatnot, this is going to be for him. So just that journey in part in itself was really emotional for us. We had a lot of ups and downs. The doctors were like, do you want to do amniocentesis where they put a needle in your belly and you find out for sure if, you know, Bentley had Down syndrome or not. And there comes risks and chances with that. So we decided that we didn't want to do that. And obviously we were going to have Bentley no matter what, if he had Down syndrome or not, it didn't matter. We're going to love him, embrace him. Um, so the doctors are like, do, do you want support groups? Do you want books to read? Do you want this and that? I'm like, no, no, I just <laughs> stop. I just want, you know, the most quote unquote normal pregnancy that we can have. So from there, we thankfully, and we were really blessed with a couple of baby showers. My um, elementary school staff threw me one and it was a surprise shower. So it was so beautiful to have gifts and the kind words Um, and in the summer, right when I got out of work in June, I went to Michigan and my family was able to shower me there and, um, just really having that woman empowerment and that connection of supporting one another and being there to support me and Bentley, no matter what was going to happen, because I, by that point, they knew that, um, we were going through a lot of additional, um, testing and whatnot for him. So Rob and I kind of stayed strong throughout that process, and it kind of led us up to, uh, you know, hearing the absolute unthinkable words that you could hear as a mom and dad. Um, So around that uh, 25-week part, it was actually super coincidental. um, Sorry. My um, older and my younger sister, I love them so much. They came here to visit in Illinois with uh, my nieces and nephews. And I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to be right back. I'm going to my appointment and I'll check in with you guys in like an hour. It's super quick, like no big deal. 
I get there. Rob's at work. He's a golf course superintendent. So this is like his high busy time. I'm like, I'll see you later, dude. Like, whatever. I'll keep you posted. So I get there and it's just my routine checkup. She has a little, excuse me, I don't know (laughs) medical terms, but the little wand that you um, listen to the heartbeat on there. So I'm laying on the bed and she's like, you know, I'm not finding the heartbeat right now. And I was like, okay, you know, no big deal because this happened early on where she had a wheel in like the dinosaur ultrasound um, machine. I was like, all right, it's fine. I've got this, like whatever. It happened before. So I'm laying there and she brings in the monitor. It takes a little bit to warm up. So I'm like, come on, let's go. Here we are. And she's like gripping the screen and she's looking at me and looking at the screen and she's like, I'm so sorry, Danielle. Like, I don't hear the heartbeat and I can't find it. And I was like, are you effing kidding me? But I obviously swore and she's like, you know, I'm so sorry. I need you to go to, you know, the place right next door because it's more like high tech and whatnot. And I was like, all right. Um, So I'm trying to stay like as positive and optimistic as I can at that time. And I call Rob and he's like, I'm, I'm like leaving right now. Like I will come. And I was like, you know what? It's going to be quick. And like with my um, like optimistic mindset, I'm like, this is a fluke. Like it's going to be fine. I'm going to go there and it's fine. So I was like, just go home. He's like a half an hour away anyway. So by the time I'm thinking he got out, you know, I was going to have the good news of, you know, Bentley's okay. Um, so I go over to the other place and kind of get set up for that ultrasound. And she's like, do you want the ultrasound? Do you want to look or not look? And I was like, absolutely not. Like, you just tell me, um, you know, what's going on. So, you know, she said those words again, where, you know, he's flatline and he's not alive. Um, and, you know, just call for those next steps and what we're going to do moving forward. So I didn't... I just, I left and they kind of walked me out to my car and I drove right home, which was like 10 minutes away. I don't even know how I drove home, but I think I was just in like a crazy state of mind of like crying and shock and like what just happened. So I pull into the garage and um, come out of my car and Rob comes out of the door and just stares at me. And I just, it's like, I'm so sorry. And all I could do is apologize and we just broke down and I just remember sitting like at my kitchen counter um it was the weirdest feeling of having him not alive inside of me um yeah I I just can't even describe it um so from there we I actually um was induced a few days later in the hospital and um it giving birth to your child with you screaming and them not is the moment that I will never, ever forget, ever. It was awful. Um, but we were, uh, we held them in, we held them for. You know, I had him at like 2 a.m. We held him the rest of the day until like 8 p.m. that night. 
We played Dave Matthews, Grace is Gone on repeat. I read him the stories that I read to him when he was in my belly. We got gifts showered from us from like different support groups. He got baptized, blessed. Um, My parents thankfully were able to come and meet him. And, um, And then again, it was like the most tragic and awful goodbye, leaving him in this this tiny little um, like purple casket box behind because um, they took him to the funeral after that to get cremated. Uh, so, yeah, it's those moments. I don't speak about them often at all. And it's often on replay in my mind. So many days. And I just am fighting every day, every day to find that hope and find that reason why that God gave me Bentley. And I know it's to share my story and to be a better person and to help moms and dads that unfortunately go through this because it's out there and it's real. And every day I think about Bentley and I live for him every day. Danielle, I'm so sorry. I, I'm just, it's, it's hard not to get emotional hearing your story because like you said, this stuff happens and I just don't feel like people talk about it. Um, or maybe they're not strong enough like you to talk about it and spread awareness and also to spread the fact that you also did everything right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you, in your pregnancy, you took all the precautions. I'm sure you, you were doing you're, – I mean, you're a very healthy person. Yeah. Like, There's nothing more that you could have done. And so to hear someone as perfect, for lack of a better word, as you experience this is just absolutely heartbreaking. And I'm, I'm not – I'm glad that you're sharing this message, but I'm crushed that this has happened to you. So thank you. Yeah. In with all of that being said, um, I guess how are you not moving on, but how are you living with this every day? Like what what has helped you heal? Um, like what are some of the biggest tools in your in your toolbox as a as a mom who has a baby in heaven? Thank you. And I appreciate how you phrase that too. Not how am I moving on, right? But what am I doing every day to keep living? Because I think um, that is the number one thing, right? Like if we have not lost a child, it is so hard for people to know how to support someone who is grieving because it's not moving on. I think about him every day and every day is a battle um, of those emotions. So thank you for stating it in that, in that way. Um, For me personally, it has been a lot of prayer. I will say that in the beginning, super hard forgiveness because it was me at first blaming it on me, although I knew scientifically it wasn't my fault, that it was just a random genetics chance. 
I was blaming myself. Did I work out too hard? Did I like have too much caffeine and didn't realize it, right? Like we're down that spiral path of it's my fault and it's not. Um, So really just kind of letting go of that mindset and focusing on what can I do to better myself. And then it turned into how can I help other people as well? Um, therapy, shout out to my therapist, Stacy is amazing because she really helped Rob and I understand one another and to be more open. And I, you know, praise God all the time that this brought Rob and I closer together more than ever. He's been incredible and I just am so thankful and grateful for him. There's a lot that I do within my morning routine with journaling and prayer. I write to Bentley every day. It's just a few sentences, but um, with that, I am a big believer in he is here spiritually. I read a lot of books on mediumship, which was kind of fun. Um, So I kind of dove into that a little bit, but just knowing that he is always with me no matter what, and I will see him again one day, really, really brings me comfort. Um, one of the big ones, and you are an aspiration to this is not drinking alcohol anymore. I realized that, you know, when I started drinking again after Bentley, it was not good. I would be in a very depressive state for three to four days in a row to where if I was drinking on Saturday, I would cry all day Sunday And then I would be really heavily emotion in a downward spiral on Monday and Tuesday at work. And that was not good for my headspace. So eliminating that for my life has been huge because um, number one, as you know, when you don't drink alcohol anymore, you're finding yourself again. You are a completely different person when you lose someone that you love, especially your child. Um, I had to relearn everything about myself and I'm still doing that today, which I think once you acknowledge that about you, your it is, I guess, easier for you to understand how to move forward and take it baby steps um, and take it day by day. <sighs> I just feel like you could have taken such a different path. Um, Honestly, the easier road would have been destruction Mm -hmm. because as a parent, as a fellow parent, I understand that the thought of of losing your child, even the thought makes you want to just crawl into a hole and Mm -hmm. never come out again. So for you to choose life – despite all of your hardships is really inspiring to me. And I appreciate the fact that you also mentioned, you know, your sobriety for however long it lasts, whether it's for a short amount of time while you're, while you're grieving more intensely Mm -hmm. in this, you know, in immediate time after Bentley's passing, or if it's longer, I do think that the things that you're doing now are actually going to benefit all of your future children because we know that, you know, God puts desires in your hearts for a reason. Mm -hmm. So I have full faith that, you know, you'll, that will eventually happen for you if that's what you and Rob continue to want. But 
none of that would be possible if you weren't pulling yourself together in this way. And as you mentioned, I can't even, it's a living hell. It's a living hell every day and you're choosing, you're choosing life. And I just, I'm, I'm wondering what advice you might have for any other people grieving, whether it's their, their child, God forbid, mm. or just anyone in their life. Um, do you have any, do you have any advice for anyone who's in that dark place yeah. right now? Cause I think that's the much easier path. It, it certainly is. And my, you know, Rob, my husband and I, we talk about that all the time, right? And where we're both at within um, grief because it is forever. And this, you know, I'm always learning too what works best for me and how to kind of help people along that way. So I'm going to read a little short passage and then I'm going to kind of dig in. This is a book that I just recently started reading. I wasn't ready to say goodbye. So just like surviving and coping. Um, really great kind of like short snippets and stuff like that. But it's um, like I mentioned earlier, unless you have lost your child, um, it's, it's, you, you can't understand it. And by the nature of good within people, um, you know, they tell personal stories of their grief that is not child loss. And it's, it's hard to hear that. Um, it comes from a really good place, but I'm going to read this little blurb, um, what it's kind of like. Um, so in the losing a child chapter, it says, it has been said that there is no loss as devastating as a loss of a child, regardless of your age or the child's age. It is heartbreak like no others. And those who live through and survive such an ordeal without becoming bitter have the strongest, most loving souls of all people walking the planet. Um, so I think that right there just kind of like melds well with what you said, right? Where we can go down this deep, dark hole and be stuck there. But what good is that going to do? Nothing. And obviously, you know, in the beginning of grief, we are completely numb. And that will last for whatever time it is meant for you to last. But know that you are meant to live and do more. There is a purpose for you. And in whatever due time it takes for you to get to that point, that is why we are here, um, you know, on this earth. So a couple of things is to know that, number one, you're not alone, right? Um, there's the unfortunate um, statistics of one in four pregnancies and in a miscarriage, one in 173 and in stillbirth. With that, you know, it's it's not just the moms that go through it, check in on the dads too, because quite often I think that they get lost in the in the process, right, of being checked in on. So check in on the dads. There's actually a really great podcast as well, Guys and Grief, Guys and Grief, um, that share their stories too, which is great. Um, take your time healing and don't be afraid to say no. I think that was one of the biggest things in the beginning where people are like, oh, do you want to get dinner? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And I was like, nope. And don't feel bad saying no, right? I think we've all been there. We were like, okay, what excuse are we going to come up with this time? But just say no. I'm good, right? Um, socializing. Oof. Yeah, that's tough. That's really, really hard. Um for me, it was every new person I saw, I like had, I had to play their conversation and be like, 
What are they going to ask? What are they going to say? Are they going to ask about Bentley? Does my hairdresser know about Bentley? Does my nail stylist know that I just gave birth to my baby? Like what is going to, what's going on? Um, take your time. It's okay. I remember my nephew's birthday. I socialized for about an hour, went upstairs and locked myself in the room the rest of the day. My sisters came and checked on me, um, my parents, and I was like, I'm good. I, I tried and that's all I can give myself is I tried. Um, I tried to do at least like one social event a week after a little bit. Um, don't be afraid to smile. I think that's a big one. Don't be afraid to have those happy moments. Rob and I had a oh, some hot debates on, you know, whether to post pictures on social media when we were smiling. He's like, Danielle, like, we are sad. We are grieving. And I'm like, I know, but we have happy moments too. Um, so it's really important to not be afraid to soak in those happy moments and have those happy moments. And yeah, we're always going to be sad, but we're going to have those good times too. And they're going to come more frequent as time moves on. All right. My biggest piece of advice is to use your voice when you feel someone isn't giving you the justice that you deserve. Or if they are not giving justice to your child that you feel like you deserve. And everybody means well, right? And it's so hard because even when you lose a grandparent, you don't know what to say. Do you say, I'm sorry? Do you give them a hug? Like everybody, and everybody wants something different. That's the thing too. Um, So take the time to really get to know what you want and need. And like you said, that's going to change and that's okay. Uh, My therapist gave me a great idea to write notes and send them in the mail because reading a text message or email, you can read that so many different ways. Um, So just do what's right and what feels right to you, but do it, right? I mean, otherwise, I'm going to sit there thinking my downward spiral, and that's going to put me in an even darker place and maybe even resent or be mad at that person. And that's the last thing I want to do to the people that are supporting me. Yeah, I think there could be a lot of unintentional hurt feelings when mm-hmm. people are trying their best, maybe overstepping a little bit in this area of life. Yeah. And like you said, everyone needs something different. So it's hard to really know, but the only way you know is that confirmation or the rejection right. or redirection of the action. And I, I really think that that's something that more people should be brave enough to do. But sometimes, you know, not everyone has the voice that you have, Danielle. Like you are very confident in your in your convictions and your beliefs and, and your voice. And I think that that's, that really shines through, especially in this area of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm just curious how you feel like you're honoring Bentley today. Are you, is it, you know, the sharing of a story? Mm-hmm. Is it partnering with organizations? Is it advocacy? What are you, what are you doing um, to support other people in this walk in life? Thank you. Yes, definitely sharing his story, um, whether that's on social media or whether that is talking in person. And it completely depends if I feel like sharing his story in person. Sometimes, you know, and that's another tough question. Do you have kids? 
I have answered no, and I felt like the guiltiest mother on the face of this planet, but I didn't feel like explaining myself. Um, And that's fine. Bentley knows I'm his mom, and I know he's my son. Uh, So definitely sharing his story and relating as best as I can to others, because even if you have lost your child and we are sharing stories, it is a completely different feeling for both of us. So I want to be there to be that support when it is right for, you know, moms and dads out there. I think me honoring him is, like I said, writing to him every morning. I feel like that gives me that sense of peace and that sense of knowing um, that he is always with me. And small things that Rob and I do, like we carry um, a little urn that has some of his ashes in there. So I feel like me bringing him on trips with us or to nature walks and different things like that, that's a sense of us honoring him personally. Um, We got a little, his room theme is Winnie the Pooh. So we got like a little Winnie the Pooh stamp and we put that on our cards that we send out because that was another debate. Do we sign his name? Do we not sign his name? Oh, let's put a stamp on there. Um, So for now, that's what we're doing. And I am actually a really big advocate for a foundation called Star Legacy Foundation. So I, in the beginning of losing Bentley was obviously on Instagram and Googling. I'm like, give me any like quotes or support group or what can I research and learn more about? And Star Legacy Foundation came up and they are the nation's leader in prevention of care for pregnancy loss, stillbirth and, um, you know, infant loss as well. They have different chapters around the United States. They actually have one in Chicago. So I'm going to hopefully help, you know, volunteer for a couple of things that they have coming up. Their next event is Mother's Day. And this is super new, but I'm excited to say that I am going to be working with them on creating self-care videos. They're going to um, create and launch this learn page through Star Legacy Foundation, where there's just self-paced um, videos, modules that parents can go to at their time and their leisure to either learn more about um, stillbirth or pregnancy loss, or whether like my avenue is going to be that self-care, right? Um, so like I said, Super new, but my idea and what I've talked to a couple girls about in the foundation is to just do like short one to two minute videos of that self-care and how to navigate through those early stages and even later stages of grief. So whether that is, you know, servicing other, whether that's creating your morning and night routines, or what are you going to do to help yourself within these moments? Who is your support group? And just kind of have those little tidbits and those reflections that people can take and do it at their own pace. Um, So I'm excited for that to come to fruition because that's it's kind of where I'm at right now. It's my jam. And I know that so often a lot of us seek out what our purpose is and God's purpose. And for me right now, I know that God gave me Bentley to go down this path of not only for myself, but to serve others and kind of, you know, shine a light wherever I can. 
I think that's so cool that you are getting involved with the organization that supported you because Mm -hmm. that shows that you're kind of paying it forward and you're doing it in a way that is so uniquely special to you because you are a dynamic public speaker. You are very engaging and energetic. So of course, these videos are not going to be like a little pep rally or anything. (laughs) I can only imagine. But you bring a certain energy that feels comforting and familiar and friendly and like a safe place for all of these parents to to just sit for a little bit, mm-hmm. even if it's one to two minutes of their day, just to feel like this is also someone who went through the same thing I did yeah. and look at her now. And when I say look at her now, I don't mean, oh, she's over it. That's never right. my intention. What I'm trying to say is look at her and look at her growth and how she's gracefully accepted this tragedy and how she's used it to transform her and her life. And I think that is such a special gift that you can give other people is that gift of hope. And I'm sure that you're you're making these videos hopefully in, in thinking of things that you would have needed in those early days Absolutely. too, in the, in the later stages too. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. I'm really excited for that journey and just to kind of see where it goes and give that hope, like you said. That's my word of the year of 2023. I've got a ring that says hope on it. So I'm all about it. And just to kind of keep that um, positive spirit and knowing that obviously we always have our dark days, right? But I don't like to be stuck there. And it's for me personally, it's, you know, I found out that it's it's not healthy for me to be stuck there. So I started adding more to my routine in the morning and at night um, and kind of filling my voids within my day rather than just kind of coming home after work, pouring a glass of wine, sitting in front of the TV, different things like that. Not that I was unhappy by any means, but I knew I needed something more. Bentley was going to give Rob and I that more. And then obviously, you know, after losing him, I was like, okay, now what do I do? And that, you know, when we do go through tragedies or loss or anything like that, that seems to always be like that kickstart of, all right, let me reflect on my life. Here we go. I'm here to tell you, don't wait. Do not wait to do that. Um, It's so easy to say and not to do, but um, if you've been thinking about doing something, do it. Don't hesitate. Just jump in. Your gut is telling you that for a reason. So go for it. Don't be afraid. You mentioned a little bit about your evening routine and, and a little bit about your morning routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I am a huge routine gal. I love a good routine. Yes. <laughs> um, what things very specifically – are you doing um, to support you um, just in this chapter, but also in your overall wellness? Because mm-hmm. this is a wellness podcast. And I do think a part of wellness is your mental health, physical, spiritual, you know, emotional. Yes. And I think you you kind of hit on all of those in the beginning of the episode. So I'd love to dive in a little bit deeper if you're comfortable um, just sharing like how, what you're doing to support your overall wellness. You got it. It definitely is well-rounded, right? And um, thankfully, I was pretty strong in my morning routine before Bentley. So is 
I get up at 4.45 now. I don't know when this started happening, but um, so 4.45. And as of recently, I'm only setting one alarm because I realized snoozing it for 10 minutes doesn't actually give you more sleep. It just makes me more angry. So I'm like, hit my one alarm and I roll out of bed. And then after I, you know, brush my teeth, do my thing, I go right into Bentley's room. Actually, that's kind of like my sanctuary space in the morning. So I sit down in the rocking chair, open up my journal. At the top of my page, I give myself a self-affirmation like today was like, I am confident. And then I write a dear Bentley. So I do a few sentences there and then I do a little manifestation work. So I say, thank you. And I go into thankful um, thankfulness of what hasn't happened yet, but what I want to happen as goals in my life. Um, from there, I, I have the call map. So I listen to about, um, five to 10 minutes of the call map. As of right now, there's a grief series on there. So I listen to that for a little bit and just kind of zen my morning for the day and get my mindset right. Um, then I go, thankfully I have a workout space in the basement. I've worked out, you know, in a two by four space in many different locations and very grateful to have a space to do that now. So I get my workout in, usually it's like 30, 45 minutes. I get ready for the day, do a little um, cooking in the kitchen. I am vegan, which is as of about a year and a half. It gets way easier as you go. People are like, how do you, how do you not like eat bacon? How do you not eat meat? I'm like, listen, I got supplements for it all. I, I've got all the fake chicken nuggets and everything. I'm good to go. Rob definitely is not vegan. That's for sure. Um, so I've learned how to tame my temptations. Um, but I'm in a really good routine with the food and, you know, incorporating more whole foods as of recently has been making me feel a lot better because, you know, binging on McDonald's fries every day isn't really the best, but it, it tastes so good. Sometimes you need to though. Sometimes I do gotta have right. like those. I fully support that. Sometimes it's like soul food. You know it's it total is. crap, but it's like it feeds your soul and you don't even feel bad after. You're like, I would no. do it again. I would absolutely do that I again. I agree. Like this weekend, I think I ate probably 20 servings of pasta and I don't regret a single bite of it at all. Ugh, I love carbs. So good. See, I can be vegan because I love potato chips, carbs, and french fries <laughs> and I can eat all those. So it's great. Yeah. So win-win. Um, but then I go to work. I probably get to work at like 7, 10, do a few emails before I get there. And then, um, you know, being an assistant principal, who knows what time I get out of work. It could be at 4.30. I could get home at 5, you know, different times of the day. But I love my job. It keeps me really busy throughout the day. And um, with that, you know, tough at first going back to work, but had a wonderful, wonderful supportive team, an amazing, um, you know, principal that I work side by side with. She's been super supportive through everything. And I think for me personally, um, you know, it, it's tough in the beginning of the day of work, but once I get rolling, you know, my mindset kind of focuses on that, which is great. Um, once I get home, and now that I have worked on my night routine, Rob and I are either, you know, we're doing game night. We, he, he loves, he's a gamer. I love, I love my husband. It's like his friend time, right? So he bought. <laughs> I love when you his... post things about him too. It just cracks me up. Oh, like my husband. I, I love, me. yes, I love scaring him. If you are a gamer wife, 
please go scare your husband when he has his headphones on and not paying attention. It's the best. So, you know, we got virtual Monopoly and stuff like that, which is way easier to play, by the way, when it's virtual and not a board game, because I never understood the board game of it. But um, yeah, we, we like to do that. We're a big Wheel of Fortune fan. So he's always better at the puzzles than I am. I wait until like the last three seconds. And I'm like, oh, that's what the puzzle is. Um, but I love to read. I am a really avid reader. Right now, my jam is neuroscience and learning more about the brain and meditation. Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, oh, yeah, you're not in your head. Yes. Yes. Oh, just mind blowing factual information about your mind and how it connects to your body. Wow. I got my highlighter out for this guy and I can't wait to read the books again. It is so cool. But um, with my books, I'm more interested in the factual books and I kind of, you know, have my seasons like if it's either vegan or plant based the mediumship I was reading about, and now it's, um, you know, the brain and neuroscience. So who knows what it's going to be next? Because I don't know. It, it depends what's out there. Um, so from there, um, you know, I, I go upstairs at eight o'clock at night because <laughs> then I start, I go into, it's really embarrassing, but you know, shout out if you're with me on it, but I go up there and I go into Bentley's room And I do my unguided meditation. This is where it has been a game changer on a multitude of levels so far. I just started this in January, so I'm only a couple months in. Um, Right now in my meditation, I'm working on my frustration. So really acknowledging what times of day I'm frustrated. How do I stop myself? How do I pivot? And what tools do I need in those moments to kind of recenter myself and, um, you know, get on the right track? I've really, really been seeing a big difference in this, especially when I'm driving or when I'm coming home from work and there's a million things to do. If I am misunderstanding someone, I would get frustrated. So I'm seeing myself like kind of take a step back and just chill out. So I can't wait to network on the next parts of my personality and emotion that I want to work on. Um, so that's been really cool. And then I'll just read and I'll probably go to bed at like 9, 9.15 and, you know, kind of do it all, do it all again the next day. So I'm really proud of the routine that I've built and I'm excited to keep building on it and learning more about what's beneficial for me in this stage of my life. You have such a solid morning and evening routine and I I applaud you for – you have like such great routines but, you know, sandwiched in the middle of that is like you are working in a school setting yeah. that I'm sure yeah. is n- no picnic. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. I Every, yeah. every person every – day's, Every day is different. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> every person that works in education – always says like, oh, it's it's interesting. It's fun. Like you're always on yeah. your feet, which is like, it you sounds are. so great. And as someone who is uh, like a self-proclaimed corporate baddie, like I'm a corporate gal like through and through, mm-hmm. I could not imagine like that is my, oh. that oh, is yeah. not my version of fun. I'm like, <laughs> wow, that would stress me out. So for the fact that you like have such solid routines and you're talking mm-hmm. about this frustration that you have, um, that you're working on, which I'm sure comes from so many different places in your life. Oh, but in my oh, mind, yeah. I'm sitting there, Just, I'm like, yeah. I wonder if it's at all related to being around that many kids 
all day and dealing with who knows what. So you know, just yeah. as an aside, I like <laughs> really respect you know, the fact that that's what you do. Work with is always, a, you know, work is a part of us, right? And, you know, those moments, I, I have really entertaining stories when I come home and tell my husband. <laughs> and thankfully, my sisters are both education backgrounds and my best friends. So I'm just like, you'll never believe this. This is what happened today. They're like, stop it. I'm like, I know. <laughs> but it's all about the kids and the hugs and the love. And what's so sweet is, um, you know, a lot of the kids knew I was pregnant leaving before the summer because uh, Bentley was due September 24th and I had him on June 21st. So coming back to work was my worst nightmare hands down. I, I was really nervous, really scared. But after I got over that initial hump and went into the doors and every new person that I saw, it was just unwavering support, um, hugs, emails, cards, um, you know, gifts in memory of Bentley, you name it. And it is so sweet to this day. Kids are like, how's your son? how is he doing? And, you know, I'm just like, he's doing great. And I try to change the conversation as, you know, as respectfully and as quick as I can being in K through five, you know, they, they mean well. Um, so, you know, it's always a learning adventure on how to respond to them, but you know, they, they love asking. So it's, you know, it's just a small handful of them. So I kind of know, you know, when I see them to expect that question, how is he doing? And I just take it with love and support from them. So, you know, I've learned over time how to respond and how to kind of pivot the conversation if I need to and just kind of go from there. It's easy. It's easy to distract, um, you know, kindy and first grader. So it's, it's no big deal. <laughs> yeah. In a few years, they'll be a little bit older, so hopefully those questions don't yeah. persist. But yeah. at the same time, I can only imagine how that makes you feel. Mm. Um, yeah. And I just – I just so appreciate you sharing your story and Bentley's story Thank because you. that's – you know, as we witnessed and, and felt your emotions in this interview, like that is not easy. Um, yeah. And I don't think it's ever probably going to get easier and I'm, and I'm only an outsider, so I can't imagine how you feel. But – I just thank you for shining a light on this topic because I know confidently that you are supporting so many women who have experienced something similar or so many dads who want right. to maybe understand their wives or their girlfriends or partners a little bit better in this mm -hmm. season. So I just can't thank you enough for your time and sharing his story and your story because thank you. It's, it's really helping a lot of people, I can tell. I appreciate it. It feels good to share. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, if you listen to this podcast, you know I ask the same question because I'm very – if if nothing else, I'm consistent <laughs> um, at the end of every single episode. And Danielle, I just want to know what does living a life well-lived mean to you? I love this question. A life well-lived means find your happiness. You are the person – that creates your happiness, hands down, no other person, it is you. What I have come to learn, and I know you know this book too, Give Holy Moments. The Holy Moments book that I got free in the mail by Matthew Kelly was, it came to me at the perfect time in my life. Do things for people, not because of what you are going to get in return, but because of who you are. 
and you will find that you will be living God's purpose and yours will come and those doors will open. Be kind to other people. Most importantly, be kind to yourself. Give yourself grace. You are enough. Turn off that negative voice in your head and give yourself those positive affirmations every single day, even when you don't think you believe them. I'm going to give you guys a song. I can't tell you the singer, but, um, oh man, I got to remember it. Uh, my sister just shared it. Hold on. I'm going to grab my phone really quick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, um, really focus on, you know, your self care and your mental care and, you know, what's best for you because that's all that you are. Number one, you are first. So I'm going to try to find that song, but. <laughs> that's okay I know oh it's you say so download that song you say it's all about that positive talk to give yourself that's fantastic I yeah I just really appreciate you taking the time to sit and chat with me and and share your story with the audience um if people want to connect with you because I'm sure they will where can they find you on social um, I am mainly on Instagram, on Facebook too, and it's just my name, Danielle Bredemus. So I'd love to connect with anyone. I am a listening ear. I can share more about my story and my journey as well. And, you know, I'm excited to see where this takes me. So thank you so much for having me on and allowing me to honor and share my sweet son, Bentley. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Kayla underscore underscore Brandon. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.